from Reminder Media, this is Stay Paid, a sales and marketing podcast on a mission to help you close more deals and retain more business. Hosted by the VP of Marketing, Josh Stake, and Reminder Media's president, Luke Akery. So get ready to hear the golden nuggets that will allow you to live a life of freedom tomorrow, but only if you take action today. Well, my leg is. <laughs> you made it through. I did. You're a stronger person for that. I don't know if Good I'm stronger job, for it. I don't have high pain tolerance, probably. <laughs> I probably don't. I don't know. Welcome, everybody, to a very special episode of Stay Paid. This is going to be a little bit different. So, first of all, that was a great drum roll, by the way. This is episode 99. Woo! This is the last episode that we will be recording on. Oh, it's not a yellow wall, on the gray wall. I don't know if the one, the new one's gray or not. Anyway, it's the last episode in this We're studio. We're going to be in a new studio. We are moving out Ariel of the closet. Ariel and Jesse are looking at each After other like, I'm insane. After two years, we're moving, we move from one closet to a bigger closet. Which from a, a and you guys, no joke, this is closet. literally a storage closet yep. in here. That This is entrepreneurship. We've well, never it's a sample closet. we got to take a picture for this blog yeah, post. You have to go to staypaidpodcast.com yes. yeah, and see what we look at. It's it's racks of magazines and a green wall that we actually used to use as the green screen for our old video studio. That's yes. oh, what this actually was. Yeah. This was our old video that studio. That was the green screen. <clears throat> I painted that wall chroma, chroma key green. It's like a paint that you can buy. You guys have got out. to check this picture out. Yeah. We'll put it in the, the podcast. And the wall yeah. used to be yellow. And then one day we we're like, we were tired of looking at the yellow wall. So Jesse came in. And she painted it on a weekend. <laughs> and just painted the wall or gray. Or maybe on a weeknight. She's like, know. I'm tired of hearing them complain about this yellow wall. So I'm just going to paint it. But hey, we are doing, so it's going to be a little bit confusing because you're going to, we're going to bounce back and forth. This, this is why you have to go over to our YouTube channel and check out the videos. Yes. Because we're going to be bouncing back and forth between this studio and then we're going to have our hundredth, uh, uh, episode, which will be cool. The Hundy one. We're going to get <laughs> our the CEO and founder on the podcast to talk about the history of Reminder Media. Luke's looking at me like, He's I very hope he shows Yeah, up. I hope he shows up. <laughs> very introverted guy. He might just clam up and not share anything. But we're going to do that one in now. the new studio. Then we're oh. going to have a couple interviews where you'll see us in the old studio. So we're going to bounce back and forth a little bit here until we get a, a more permanent location. But that will be happening on the next episode. So tune in. This one, we're going to do a Q&A. So this is going to be a question and answer. We have Andrea... Tremper Hello. here on the podcast. She has been collecting because she works on our social media, mm -hmm. is collecting uh, questions from our listeners. So we've yes. decided to do a little bit of a Q&A here on this episode. Before we kind of jump into that, we're also uh, just an update. I don't know if everyone knows about your knee surgery. Yeah, I don't think we've surgery. actually talked about it because we've been off for a few weeks. Yeah, no, I tore my ACL two years ago. It was the second time I tore my ACL. I tore it playing basketball, I guess my senior year of high school, not actually on a team. Because that's the, that's the first thought that Luke, oh, Luke, you played high school basketball? Nope. Didn't. I was homeschooled. Uh, it was backyard basketball. And, you know, tore my ACL just playing basketball in the backyard with That's where friends. the greatest, I, you had, you yes. probably, you had a lot of brothers, so I don't know. I had, you did. I have a family of eight, six brothers. We used to do like three on zero. Six so boys. me and my brother and our, and our next door neighbor, whenever we'd get off school, we would do three on zero. So we'd like make up all these scenarios yeah. where we're like. <laughs> You know what I mean? Like we were the magic playing the Lakers or something in the in the championship game. I was always Penny Hardaway. Yes. Well, I used to have like, and maybe it plays into why I'm a salesman today, but I mean, I used to have the worst competitive streak. Like I could not lose. Like I would just get so upset if I lost. <laughs> you can talk to Dan about it. And I used to get so mad at Dan because he had longer fingernails. Like my brother, I was just like, 
cut your fingernails. You're like, you know, every time oh, you play basketball, oh, you scratch it. So it's like, not that you anybody needs to know that, but it's just a random fact. Dan, cut your fingernails. Yeah, cut your fingernails. But he tore my ACL back in like, <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, see, there you go. But cut, you know, meaning like tore my ACL back then. Then two years ago, playing in a basketball league for the company, tore my ACL again. Same exact. Same thing with the theme, man. Let's, let's yeah. stop playing basketball. Yeah, seriously. Just, you know, I switched my career in the NBA is over yeah. for good. And now there's nothing more annoying than a mobile person having to be immobile. Yes. Like I am just all over the place, you high know, energy, are, that type of, and it's just, you can see it. You can see it on my face. <laughs> you can see when I'm, you know, walking along, I call myself hop along. He's so irritated. It was just so frustrating. <laughs> and it's just like, people are like, I can hear you coming from a mile away. And I was just like, if somebody else tells me that, I was like, I can't take it. The crutches are clinking. It's just like, ah. Everyone in this room yeah, has said, has that said Everybody <laughs> has said that to me. I can hear you coming from a mile. So it's like, I'm trying to sneak up on you. So anyway, so now I got my stitches but out hey, today man. and I was telling people today because yeah, yeah. everybody's going to want to hear this on the podcast. Have you ever had stitches pulled out? Yeah. And it's like a string, right? And yeah. I've never had this sensation before. When they pull, like, I don't know if it's technically a piece of string, but whatever it is, when they pull that through your skin, it's a weird sensation. Yeah. It's yeah. like. Good morning, everybody. Yes, Welcome morning. to your Good straight morning. page. Community. That woke you up right there. <laughs> All right, let's get going. So that's not what this podcast oh, is about, but. Crazy. All right. So it's been a journey, but now I'm putting you know some pressure on it. I'm starting rehab this week. It's going to be awesome. Yeah. We, if you tune into the next episode, too, if you still have your brace on, you'll probably get to see it. Because yeah, our new setup, yeah, you'll, you'll be able to see brace. our legs, I think. Yeah. Uh-oh. So, no shorts. It's getting racy No shorts. <laughs> <laughs> Watch out. Everybody. Oh, my gosh. All right, Andrea. So why don't you kick us off? And these are these are listener questions. So you're going to give some yeah. shout outs yes. to some listeners and then throw some some curveballs It's hard to believe it's been 99 So episodes. I'm going to turn over the reins. I am officially letting go of the moderator position here Let on go, State man. Paid. I'm turning it over to Andrea. All right. So first of all, thank you. Huge shout out to all of our followers and our listeners yes. for submitting all of these. I will be giving some shout outs, but follow us on State Paid Podcast on Instagram. Um, also follow Luke and Josh, Reminder Media. We have a ton of shout outs today. So let's kick this thing off, huh? We got some Ooh. fun ones. We got some I'm industry related ones. You should be, to be quite Give honest. Give Josh the hard this questions. Is, this is testing I have a whole spreadsheet. Ones. Don't be, you can't cheat. I'm not looking. And look at all these questions. Okay, I won't cheat. All right, I'm, I'm trusting. Covering my eye I'm over trusting. here. All right, so. Also check out this Stay Paid oh, clipboard. Yes, I don't know. Gotta go to youtube.com slash Reminder Media to see it or staypaidpodcast.com. That is official. We got hats, we got shirts, now we got clipboards. I should have worn my hat. Dang, rookie mistake, next time. All right, so let's kick this off. First question is from Andy on our Instagram. What are the best and most effective ways to get business in a new market? <laughs> best and most effective ways to get business in a new market. All right. Did so the, I guess the question is, if you're new to the market, you probably don't have a sphere. I'm just going to assume that for this answer. Right. I would. You know, I'm just going to assume you're new to the market. So a couple things I would do right away is you're going to develop a social routine. So I would start getting those people, the people that you meet into your sphere. So who would those people be? Those people be the people in your neighborhood. If you go to church, it'd be the people that you go to church with. I would start building a database right away. I think one of the most common mistakes people make, even when they go to a new market, is they don't realize that even though you don't have a sphere, 
It doesn't mean you shouldn't build one from day one. So I think the reason why I tell you that is because what you'll find in real estate and really any business is that the value of your business really comes from your database. Yep. And so if you start from day one when you're in a new market, building that database, there's a direct correlation from the income you make. If you're a real estate agent, the volume you sale and the how big your database is. Then when I look at kind of the most effective ways today to market to your sphere, I think, or sorry, not your sphere, but to a new community, I think one of the most cost-effective ways to do it is to do Facebook ads from an actual paid standpoint. I think that's going to be the most cost-effective. And Josh, you can probably talk and riff a little bit on that. I would encourage you, though, if you're, you know, because it's hard because we have a lot of different uh, listeners. But if you're a real estate agent, super, super easy to pick up the phone and start calling Fizbo's expireds in that new community. That's how you can build even a little bit of a database and call them and sell like my brother said on the podcast that he did, you call those Fizbos and stuff. You call those Fizbos until that Fizbo either sells or they list with another agent or they list with Never you. Never gives up. Right? So that's an easy, well, cost-effective um, way. Look at our podcast with James Festini. He started over in like three different markets. And what did he do? He started cold calling and he started knocking on doors. Correct. He would knock on 200 to 300 doors a day. Mm-hmm. A day. Yes. He would knock on 4,000 doors a year. That's, that's how he would go into and he get 30 transactions just from door knocking. So that's what he would do when he will go into a new market. Yeah, that's freaking insane. But your your goal as a new market is like you're you're trying to get your brand out there at the same time you build a list. Yeah. Like the key is building that list. I can't say that enough. If you're in a new market, you have to build a database of people that you then can consistently market to. So you can run ads on Facebook. And that's really cost effective. I mean, my brother started running ads and he started off, I think, at like $5 a a day. Yeah, he started $5 a day and he started getting a lot of good feedback, especially because he would boost listings. Even if he didn't have a listing, he'd go get permission from the agent that had the listing Mm -hmm. and he would boost that listing. And people obviously are looking for listings, buyers are. Mm -hmm. And so you do that. Another real cost effective way if you're new to the market and you're in real estate, I almost slipped out of my chair right there. We got new, I don't like these chairs. We've had these chairs chairs for a couple weeks. Another way to do it is open houses. So, you know, if you- you, I like Ariel's chair. That's (laughs) somehow producer Ariel. Josh is still chair. hung up on these chairs. You get the nice chair. Well, I think this was Steven's last week. It probably oh, was. We have the nice oh, chairs for our guests. Yeah. But here's the thing. Open houses, go get a top producer's open house <clears throat> and do the open house for them. So those, from a real estate perspective, obvious no-brainer way to build yourself in a new community. Start with FISBOs and expires. Start doing open houses for top producers who don't want to do their open houses anymore. Start building a database. Build that data. That's really the most important. Start building that database. So the, uh, the only other thing I would add to that, because that's, that's a great tactical uh, method, would be to to kind of take it even back to the basics a little bit more and work on your elevator pitch. Make sure that you have mm-hmm. a solid yep. six to eight second elevator pitch. This is your this is your um, your value proposition, right? That we have a podcast on kind of creating your unique value proposition. But the reason why you want to uh, fine tune that, and if you're in real estate, your your elevator pitch isn't. Uh, I'm in real estate, right? <laughs> if you're in financial services, your Could elevator be, it would just pitch, be a bad one. <laughs> well, so think about it. You're going to start going to, if you have kids, you're going to start going to sports games. You're going to start meeting new people. You're going to start a new daily routine, like you yep. said. So that conversation is always, 
Hey, how are you doing? My name's Josh. My name's Luke. Oh, what do you do? Oh, I'm in construction. Oh, what do you do? I'm in real estate. Eh. Like you don't want to just say I'm in real estate. Or I'm in financial yeah. services. If you're make it as uh, uh, specific and specialized as possible. So if you're in financial services and you help people with their retirement, I think there's like what, 500 different ways to file for social security Dude, yes. or something and like that. We have a, a webinar Here's or whatever your, coming up on that. Yeah. yeah, man. Here's your pitch. There's 500 different ways to file for social security. I help the 10,000 baby boomers that are turning 65 every day with how to file for yeah, how to take out the confusion. Right, and what happens right there. Like, yeah, now the person amazing. you're talking to probably isn't, might be turning 65, but they might not be turning 65. They their might dad, have a parent. Their dad might be turning 65. Yeah. My dad's turned 65 in a year. I'm someone, I'm pretty sure he doesn't know how to file for social security. <laughs> I'm just guesing. That, that he is a know great, how to file great, for great security. point. So that's sort of like, Think about it from that mindset. You're going to be meeting a lot of new people. You're going to be starting a lot of new um, daily routines like you mentioned. Make sure that you have that thing fine-tuned to six to eight seconds where your value proposition is front and center. Yes. Everything else is marketing. Yep. Everything sales, else right? is you just, getting out there. Yeah, just try it, track leads. it, yeah. see if it works. If yeah. it doesn't work, pivot. Awesome. Well, kind of riffing off of that, you talked about door knocking in Jane Festini's episode. So we have another question from Jacob asking what's the best way to track ROI from door knocking? Track it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's like, I mean, what's, it's the a, it's a great, what's the best system you use the, yeah. or the one you use? What's the best system? It's, a, it's a great question, but it's the same way that you would track any other marketing yeah. effort, right? Or, or sales effort from the phone call standpoint. Like I look at it from, well, I'm in digital marketing. I spend a lot of my time in Facebook ads, a lot of time in email marketing. And so everything from our standpoint, and, and when we're looking at something like Facebook ads, we're looking at reach. Right, that's where it starts. How many people can I reach with the dollars that I'm spending? And Correct. so it's the same thing with door knocking. How many people can I reach with the time that I have to spend on it? Yeah. So once you know how many people you can reach, I think when we had James on, he said for every 100 doors he knocks on, 25 people will answer. All right, so that 25, that's your reach now. Correct. Right, so your 100 is your time spent, that's, the, that's your budget. The 25 are the people reached and then start working through the process. So if you're reaching, I'm going to just kind of continue to use kind of Facebook as an example. But if I can reach a thousand people for a hundred bucks, right? If 10% of those people then click through my ad, that's my next conversion rate. Correct. That's my next conversion percentage. So now I've got a hundred people clicking through my ad. If I can get 10% of those filling out a form on my website, that's now a lead generated, Right, so that's 10 people that I could get to generate a lead. If I can convert 10% of that, that's one transaction. So if it costs me $100 to reach 1,000 people and that one person is, let's just say, worth five, maybe they pay me $500, right? I've now, that's a 500% ROI. That's incredible. Right, so 500 bucks for the $100 spent. Same thing with door knocking. Figure out how many doors you can knock on in a day. Correct. What's your conversion rate? So your reach now is the people that you've uh, that open the door, right? Then your leads generated are the ones that are willing you to give you their yeah, the phone ones number that are maybe or their or, email address or, or yeses, maybe. right? Some piece yep. of contact information that you can follow back up with. Then it's and if you're in real estate, it's well, how many people then can I get to a listing presentation? Yep. How many people can I get to listings taken? And then how many listings? What's my conversion rate on listings sold? And Correct. we have a, a lead tracker that we'll include in the show notes because yep. that's all that you have to do. And then you can approach it one of two ways. You can either look at it from the standpoint of how many how many sales do I want to generate from door knocking? And you can work backwards. And our, and our lead tracker will actually, all you have to do is put the number of sales in. Right, and mm -hmm. it's actually going to tell and you then how many do doors to knock on if you have the conversion rates. Correct. And if you don't have the conversion rates yet, either get out there and start tracking them, or go back and look at the blog post that we have for James Festini because use his conversion rates. He's got. He said that for I can't remember what he said. If he knocks on, I can't remember how many doors he said he would knock on, but he can say that there would be one person in there that will go to contract in seven days. 
that's really knowing your numbers. Right. Yes, correct. Right. Yes. And so that that can, and I know it's it sounds- What episode was that? We'll put that in the show notes. Yeah. I can't remember the episode off the top of my head. It's in the 90s. Yeah, 90-ish. But, but, yeah, we'll definitely put that in there. I can't fact check. I'm yeah, over here this time, check guys. Anymore. <laughs> but so that's just kind of, I know that it, it's, that is what you would do with every yep. single marketing or sales channel that you have, whether it's email, it's postcards, it's Facebook ads, it's door knocking, it's yep. cold calling, it's Fizbo's and expireds. Mm -hmm. It's the same principle. Know your conversion rates know what you want to hit at the end of the year or start at the other side, right? Know that you can hit on, uh, knock on a hundred doors a day for yep, a week, correct? right? Figure out, or once a week, whatever that is, that's going to be 5,200 doors a year. If and you it do points it points you to where you have to refine. There's only so much time in a day. So when you track your numbers like that, it's like, Hey, you might need to knock on 500 doors in order to get a deal. That probably is not feasible for you to do in a one day, two days. It day might type not be feasible. So right. then you have to go to yourself, well, what can I improve? Well, you can improve how you approach that door through your scripts or through your body language or whatever it is. You can improve your, after you get that lead, what you're doing to drip on that lead, to turn that into appointment. Like it points you when you track your stuff, like Josh is talking about, it points you to the next logical area that you can focus to improve. And then you make the logical choice of going, is it worth it to spend time improving this little area for this gain or should I focus on a totally different lead generation strategy? Yeah. And that's how great, great business owners run their business. Yeah. James Sustini is episode 85, we confirmed. Boom. So we'll put that in the show notes, but. How'd you find that out? Did you? Oh, Jesse you called out. on Jesse the fact checker. <laughs> went like eight, five. She just mouthed it to me oh. and I could read her lips. <laughs> We're very connected uh, like that. <laughs> Technology, ladies and gentlemen. Okay, so moving on. This is going to be good. I can already tell. This one I'm pretty excited about. So it's cool as somebody who's involved in our social media to see all of the different people we have in our audience. So we preach a lot to real estate agents, financial advisors, service-based sales professionals. We actually had a question from a hairstylist on nice. our Instagram. And this is from Silvana. And she asked, how can I deal with the fact that people waste our time to screenshot your work and then buy elsewhere? Hmm. Deal with people that screenshot. So I'm assuming she's saying that people, she's posting pictures of Haircuts hair or hair that she's done. Exactly. And people are screenshotting and taking to another hairdresser and saying, I, and saying, want, I want this. this. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Well, I think you can't not post your work. I mean, right. yeah, yeah. yeah. You, you, <laughs> you can't. I think that's a, a lot of it is a mindset mindset type sure. answer. It's a- This is the abundance. Yeah, yeah, you have to embrace an abundance mentality. It's like uh, Ricky Carruth, we had on the episode, right? If we're referencing episodes and he talked about people are so scared of a recession in the real mm -hmm. estate market. And he's like, I don't, I don't fear a recession at all. There's plenty of houses out there. Mm -hmm. And I find that successful people, they have that attitude. <clears throat> and within that attitude, you know, it basically, you know, we went live the other day on Facebook and we mm -hmm. talked about how your attitude affects your action. It's like proven, like it, it, like how you feel and what you tell yourself affects your body language. It affects what you start to do. And so it might not be the answer people want to hear, but if you're posting a hairstyle and someone's stealing that, you should have an attitude of just like, oh man, it's awesome. It's great for this. You should share that they they actually use that hairstyle. Hey, That's look, what I, I was going to say. Like gonna you take advantage of I the know. fact that people are using it and it makes everybody almost like feel better and that reciprocity or whatever yeah. you want to call it will start kicking in. Yeah, I was, it's very similar in, in terms of like, you, you've, 
you have to post your work, right? Yeah. You, you, in today's day and age, you have to be on social media. You have to put that out there. Number one, if you shift your mindset, thinking of it a way of adding value, yep. right? I'm putting this out there to grow my brand, to add value. But then kind of uh, the other way would be like, turn it to your advantage. If you know people are screenshotting your hairstyles and going to someone else and getting them done, number one, they might not be in your area. So I don't know sure. if that's, yep. you have to All determine right. if it's happening in your area and that's a little bit different. But say, like, encourage people, hey, if you if you use this as inspiration, Share make it. sure to hashtag, yes. use this hashtag Correct. or mention me, or take it one step further and say, or if you come to my salon and have me do it, I'll throw in a free product or something like that. Like add something of value because number one, you're going to you're going to get your brand out there and people are going to start hopefully sharing. Like you're telling them what to do, so they might yep. share um, uh, your Instagram handle, right? And then and then the other thing is encourage people to like give them a reason to come to you beyond that hairstyle because chances are they probably have a hairstylist that they go to that they're comfortable with. Um, what can you do to then convert them and bring them to you. What, to you. Yeah. What value it might do you be offer one free that. session? Think Correct. of it as a loss leader. People hate hearing that. People hate hearing our real estate. Like, I don't clients understand hate, hair, but it might be just a free, like tell us Andrew, like bottle a free of color, a free like <laughs> portion, free clip, very hair straight. Okay. Yeah. I don't know. I don't also understand. Very expensive. Uh, a trim. Yeah. A free trim or something. I love product. it. There's no short, I would say there's no shortage of heads of hair out there. Like there's no shortage. Now, this is <laughs> sorry, Josh. This is personal. This is actually this kind is, of awkward. This, this is awkward. <laughs> there's no shortage of heads of hair, though. I'm just saying, meaning like it just like Last I, time I went to a hairdresser was the ninth grade. Oh my gosh, <laughs> this is really deep and personal right now. I have a Love tendency to did, obsess did. over the competition, and you can waste so much mind energy, mm -hmm. so much emotional energy obsessing over the competition. Take that, let it fuel you. Go get the next. It is a hair. great question, though. Yeah. It's frustrating. Oh, it's a it's great, a great, great question. question. We've had it happen to us. How can mm -hmm. you turn that to People your advantage? People have ripped off soft oh, multiple yeah. times. We won't mention it on here because we don't want to obsess over it. I want to use the energy for the next question, but I mean. Also very whew. cool that we yeah. have hairdressers listening I to the know, podcast. I know, it's awesome. I was very excited by yes. that one. Yes, thank you. And please critique us on our style. <laughs> please do. Maybe Josh we'll do a whole like, segment on it. But that would be awesome. <laughs> There's nothing to critique. <laughs> no, you can still hair. style it. Oh, yeah. So yeah. 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 Come on, man. Come on. Don't man. be so hard on yourself. This just got really sad. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're going to turn it around. Luke, this one is specifically for you. Uh -oh. It's actually from Maggie, who is on our content team here. Oh, wow. Maggie wants to know if you have ever done or said something on camera that you really wish you hadn't or could take back. <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> I don't know if she's thinking of anything specific. I think she's just this wondering. This coming from the guy who last podcast says, I, what is it? I, I don't, don't think before I, I don't speak. think before I speak. There's many, <laughs> many things I'm sure I've said. And in the moment, I wish I could have. <laughs> Taken back. Um, I can't think of really anything specifically right now. Ariel's smiling at me because she goes, oh, yes, I can think of something for you because she does the video, video editing. Proof. But um, no, I don't. Maybe this speaks to the mindset. <laughs> I don't really think about it. I just go like one time I think I used the the baby drowning reference. I was like, yeah, I probably shouldn't have used that reference on the podcast. I don't know what episode that was, that. but we can tag it in the show notes. <laughs> like I talked about like people, the problem with people is that, or when you get into a bind, you become resourceful. And that's this, what separates great people from non-great people is you're, you're gonna become resourceful. And so you gotta put yourself in situations like entrepreneurs, they burn the bridge behind them because if the bridge is burned and you can't go back, if the Cortez mentality, if you've burnt the ships and you can't go home, you have to become resourceful. And I was using some analogy like, look, if your baby's drowning, 
you're going to become resourceful. You're going to do everything you can do. So you see, I use it again and I regret it right now on this podcast. I regret Maggie, it. there you go. Maggie, but I well think that's done. the only thing I well can think played. of. Other than that, I have no idea. <laughs> I mean, I'm sure I'm going to say way more things that are more offensive in the future. So, hey, I mean, Jesse's like, oh, engagement's engagement. Yeah, all right? it is. I think it that is. that's a great lesson that anyone can kind of take away from that is like when, when you started this journey of getting on camera and going live, and I thought about everything, probably. we overthought everything. Mm-hmm. And now it's at the point where dude, you are, you're, you're, you get on camera, you say what's on your mind and, that's and you it. move on. And, then and you, it's if what you it sit is. there and dwell on it, you'll never get anything. And if done. you offend one person, which I'm sure I have, like someone hashtagged on my latest video on Instagram, cringe. <laughs> I laugh. I actually go, dude, I'm, I'm making it. Haters, freaking haters. <laughs> I'm making it. Like, I mean, yeah, it doesn't, who we, cares? Honestly, we love to see that. I love it's, to see it. Yeah, yeah you got, I mean, mm-hmm. if, if half the world hates you, half the world loves you. Both days you're getting paid. Yeah. Grant, Grant Cardone. <laughs> I did not make that up. Grant Cardone made that up. So credit to Grant. I'm going <clears> to <throat> skip ahead a little bit because we do have another question that kind of relates to what you guys just both said. How did you become being, how did you get comfortable being on camera all the time? And that's from Tyler. Yeah. I don't know if I'll ever be comfortable on camera, but it, it's hard. You literally just have to do it. Yeah, you so just do it over and over. I remember the first time I got on Stay Paid, um, it was like episode five or something like that. We were talking about landing pages or 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 emails or something. And dude, I was so nervous. I had like <laughs> I had a list of like every single stat and everything that I could possibly think of pulled up in front of me I so that like I didn't I sound that. stupid. Or I didn't mm-hmm. forget something. And I just remember being so nervous, and and that continued for. A long time, even when we, even when we kind of, it just became the two of us, yep. and we were doing it that way. I would, I would get, I would get nervous. Then we would do like these videos above the noise videos where you'd have to stand in front of this. I can. That's difficult when you have to look at the camera dude, and I, everybody's watching and you're looking straight at the camera. You can't circle. think. It's like really hard. Your whole thoughts just Dramatic. dump out of your mind, and you're like, <laughs> it's seeing everything that I'm making a mistake right now. Yeah, it's judging me. It's judging the camera. No, but you just me. show up. You, you got to do it. it. Um, we all put on a persona. The hardest part is being vulnerable. And I don't have any advice for you how to be vulnerable because it's still a struggle for me. You, you just have to be. You just have to be vulnerable. People connect with vulnerability. It's relatable. Like it's super relatable. So what? Why am I saying that? I'm saying that because if you're fearful of being on camera, it's in a way okay to show that. In a way. Like it's not what what pro- the problem for most people is they're fearful so they try to get really stringent yeah. like are stringent stringent. stringent and they like tighten up rigid. and everything like that or rigid yeah that's a better word for it but they tighten up and you can tell and that's what makes you uncomfortable not the fact that they were uncomfortable on video but that they're so <laughs> rigid you're just like oh this is embarrassing that's hashtag cringy yeah that's cringy yeah. dude if you have a neurosis or whatever or you're like you have like it's something that you you like you said a vulnerability. A lot of other people out there have it too. Yes, play to that. They're going to relate to Nobody's sitting there, like speakers. You watch a speaker, nobody's sitting there wanting the speaker to fail. Just keep that in your mind. Everyone wants you to succeed. Everyone Unless wants you're you to a presidential that. candidate. That's true. Both sides of the aisle, people want you to fail. Different group. <laughs> and moving on. So <laughs> we have an next question from Amy. Um, Luke, you actually passed this one on to me. So how do you get a list of absentee owners to call? Yes. So this was, I forget what episode this was from, but we talk about one of the lead generation categories within real estate is calling absentee owners. And one of the reasons you want to do that is these people own homes that no one lives in or they don't live in. And so it's a great 
chance to find flips to do. It's a great chance to find investment properties. We have gotten our data from Pioneer Data Solutions. So they offer real estate leads and they offer a bunch of different leads, but one of the lead sources they offer is absentee owners. And they give you the, obviously the name, the address and the phone number. If they have it, you can pay for the phone number. And I think you can pay for the email if I'm not mistaken as well. And we'll buy a list of a thousand to fifteen thousand, depending on the zones, the areas, and we'll call through them and see if we can. Now we, you know, we're saying, hey, are you interested in selling your home, or would you be interested to hear an offer on your home? You know, and people are responding really well. We've gotten a lot of, we've gotten at least four this year, uh, flip properties yeah, from yeah. calling absentee yeah. owners. It's been a big. Um, it's been a yeah. So it's and it's not super expensive. I can't remember the cost off the top of my head, but Pioneer Data Solutions. They're not the only solution out there. The other way you can get absentee owners is obviously you're driving around, you see a home that's kind of run down. It's obvious no one lives there. You can look up on the tax records. Mm. You can look up tax records and you can find, you usually can find who the owner by the is. Address. Um, yeah, it's searched by the address. So there's also like each, I forget if it's county or whatever, they have the government sites. You know, it's public record, uh, tax record, that type of stuff is public record. And so you can find who that person is. Then from there, you can use whatever's out there, white pages or whatever, to try to find a phone number for them and call them. And we've done that before multiple times. Cool. Nice. Awesome. You've probably heard the term growth hacking, but what does it mean? Simply put, it's about growing your business in a huge way in not so huge amount of time. It's been a way of life for Twitter and other tech companies who've used it for huge success. But while growth hacking isn't some magic formula that will work for all businesses, you can use some of these methods to create scalable growth in your business. To learn more, go to ReminderMedia.com slash growth hacking and download our Relationship Marketer's Guide to Growth Hacking. That's ReminderMedia.com slash growth hacking. Don't wait. Take action on this today. Um, okay, so Josh, this one is specifically for you. Okay, I'm ready. All right, are you ready? No, I'm nervous. It's, it's, I mean, I'm okay. I'm okay an, to admit that now. Give him a really hard one. A curveball. Throw I mean, a curveball. I'm going to save those for a little bit later. Because oh, what oh, you wish for, throw, man. You're going to throw the curveballs. Uh oh. This All is right. terrifying. Josh, how yes. do you motivate your team if the campaigns that you're running aren't producing like you expected? They always produce like I expect. But what if they don't in oh, some crazy oh, outlandish yeah. world? <laughs> If campaigns that we're running don't perform as expected, how do you keep the team motivated? Yes. Um, start with motivated people, first of all. Mm -hmm. That's like the, the main thing. So we have a That's lot That's actually of super, super valid. Yeah. <laughs> like they say this in sound engineering that um, you can't tweak a bad, if it's recorded badly, if the sound coming through is recorded badly, there's only so much you can do. Yeah. That's super valid. No, no, I mean, it's it's That's real. a golden we, nugget, ladies It's very, very difficult Whoa! That's, that's Josh's second golden nugget in a hundred episodes, <laughs> yes. ladies and gentlemen. No, no, it, it is extremely hard to turn someone unmotivated motivated. Start with motivated people and then just don't demotivate them, right? Give them the process, the tools, the information they need mm -hmm. to stay motivated. I would say one of the biggest things would be um, make sure that your team is involved and has the information to help make the decisions, right? So if you have a team that's working on a huge marketing campaign and it falls short and you turn around and say, well, that one didn't work, what's next? That's not going to help. That's going to demotivate people, right? Give them the information, make sure that they have, we just talked about conversion rates, make sure that they can see and understand and that as a team we're now 
assessing and analyzing what happened in a campaign. So like an example would be if we run a campaign that, um, that let's say we're running two different email campaigns and one of our email campaigns gets a 5% click through and, uh, and the other email campaign gets a 30% click through, right? But they end up with the same amount of leads. So we would probably be running a campaign to generate leads. So being able to look at that and say, well, wait a minute, if I got the same amount of leads from both, then the problem with the one that got 30% click through, the email worked fantastic because people were engaged and compelled to click through it, but the landing page wasn't working. So then how do we just uh, fine tune the landing page? How do we refine that to make it work better? And then the opposite, the landing page on this one is obviously working really well. So how do we get a more compelling email to get people to click through it? People, we are natural problem solvers. We, we as humans, whether it's, whether it's evolutionary or whatever, we have it in our systems in, to solve in, yeah. problems. Make people part of the process, give them the information that they need, and then rely on them to, if they want to try something, let's try something. It's We talk about it all the time. Mm -hmm. Let's act. Don't spend four weeks on a campaign if you can spend two days on it and, and get understand. it out. Mm -hmm. right. Track it. Make sure people have the tools and the resources to understand the data, and then pivot if you need to try something else. Right. Awesome. That was a lot better answer, and I was just going to say, <laughs> you suck. Do better <laughs> next time. Dude, no. Look, uh, having Some people need that. I, I love to see, I'm, this sounds crazy. I love to see campaigns fail if we can fail fast and then get off them yeah, right away. Yeah, because you just now learn for so fa fast. Right, I know not to do that next time. Correct. And yeah. the whole team now knows not to do exactly. that next Correct. time. Now the whole thing is how long do you let it play out? Facebook, you've got to, if you're running a Facebook ad, you've got to give it at least three days, four days for Facebook to optimize. If you're seeing zero results, Get out Pulling. and do something mm -hmm. else. Mm -hmm. If you're seeing your results getting better but not quite where they want to be, let it run for a week, let it run for two weeks. Mm -hmm. Give it the time until you know. Yeah, it's got to stop. Awesome. Thank you for that. You're welcome. <laughs> thank you for asking me that. Oh, Who it's asked not that? a problem. Amy asked. Oh, thank that. you, Amy. Yes. I appreciate that. I don't know if I mentioned that. I apologize, Amy. Thank you. <laughs> okay, so this next one is for both of you, but you are allowed to have separate answers if you'd like. So uh -oh. it's kind of putting you guys on the spot a little bit. This is from Tamira, who is on our marketing team. Woo! What is your most memorable client experience or moment? Can be good or can be bad. It's been 16 years worth of clients. <laughs> We've had a lot of them. We've had a lot. Of them. I open it up to prospects as well. I don't even, I don't know why this isn't the most, I don't know if this is the most memorable or not. It's just the first one that popped into my head. We've had so many. This isn't the best example. I'm going to think of another one right after we finish this podcast. But, and I don't remember her name, this is horrible. Um, but I just remember like in the early days, we would, uh, everyone at the company did everything, right? So everyone wore many hats. I, uh, all of our customers had my personal cell phone number. So I remember like laying on the couch one night watching, I don't know, probably Jeopardy or something like that <laughs> on DVR, cause I'm a nerd. But it's like 11 o'clock at night and a client calls me freaking out over her uh, back inside cover ad because we were about to go we we're actually at press, right? We were on, we Jeez. were on press, and so I just remember I was in I the locations. I'm, I was about forty five minutes from our printer um, at the time, and so I remember like being on the phone with her, driving to the printer to pull her magazines out of uh, you know off the press so that we could we could get the and then that is customer service, going in, ladies and doing the new ad, yeah. getting that uploaded into the file, and then rerunning yeah. the whole print file. Like I just for some reason that's the first thing yeah. when you said that that popped into my mind. There's been so many good. I uh, mean, we have positive so experiences. Many great, I just remember that testimonials. One it's funny. I if you guys want to hear a funny one, like a, a negative one. Yeah. <laughs> 
Is, she this, said gonna most be, is this going to be the thing that you regret saying? Yeah, probably is the thing I regret saying. So we, we tend to be proactive in our outreach. <laughs> and we were calling, I won't name who, but we were calling uh, this real estate agent and one of my callers, Tom, good old Tom. He's no longer with us now, but <laughs> not, not because of this incident, but he's great, great employee, but... <laughs> He calls the guy and they're having a conversation and everything like that. And it basically ends up with a guy, guy basically hung up for on him. And, you know, you could have maybe assumed, well, we got disconnected. So Tom calls him back and Tom, basically the guy answers the phone and Tom's like, and the guy's name is Bob, but he's like, hey, Bob. And all you hear is, <sighs> Just breathing, heavy breathing. You can hear this. And he's like, Bob, Bob, I'm just trying to help you, Bob. I'm just trying to help you. And then all of a sudden, Bob just unloads. I'm going to call the federal government on you. This is unreal. And just unloads. It was just like, oh my gosh. So that was a funny experience that we've had. <laughs> I mean, that seems I've like it be yes, memorable. I, yes, I've had some I think some you memorable experiences. Story I, a couple times on the podcast. I maybe too, have, but it's just like it. that one is sticks with me forever. There has funny. been so many. I think of Leonard Schiffman. We actually had on the podcast. Yeah. Leonard's been yeah. a, a huge client, or a huge fan, and a client of ours for many, many years. And one of the greatest things is he sent me a picture of his mother and his mother receives his magazine and his mother has kept every copy of the magazine. And it was amazing. It was just such a great picture of, you know, basically his mother loves the magazine so much. She kept every copy of it. And then, you know, I think in, we just received a recent picture, I think it was from a financial advisor client, but the baby, do you remember this picture where there's the the baby holding the, the magazine. And it's just like, that's so cool. The, the impact portion of it is so neat because the testimonials we get all the time is, People feel like they're famous yeah. because they're on a magazine. And so they get text messages from their clients. They get phone calls. Oh, my gosh, you're on a magazine. Like I've shared that Waddell and Reed customer. One of his clients framed it and brought it in, which I've heard that type of mm-hmm. testimonial multiple, multiple times. But those are the things that stand out to we me. We post those all the time on our Reminder Media, mm-hmm. Instagram, Facebook, all of our social pages, because that's one of our favorite things. It's so cool to see those pictures being shared. So yeah. if anybody has them, tag us and we'll share it. It's awesome to see you Also, when magazine. I received, I'll mention, when I received the testimonial from my brother, Stephen, when he used it for a FISBO. Oh, yeah. And the lady, literally, he called the FISBO, didn't, they didn't answer. He drove to their house. He dropped off the magazine with a little sticky note, I think it was. Yeah. And she called him that night and said, I got your magazine, just want to thank you for it. I love it. I'm going to talk to my husband tonight about listing with you. I mean, that is a true story. That's it was crazy. crazy. It same, was like, when a, he told me that, I was like, you're just making this up. We had, a, we had a very make, similar, um, like, uh, we had an agent that had gotten their first million dollar listing because they did the same thing. They took an expired mm-hmm. listing. And uh, put a mail, put the magazine in the mailbox with a sticky note on it that said, you know, I can, I can, I, your your I house can be here or something like that. It's yeah. on our Facebook page. You can read it. She wrote a really long story about it, and, and never, she was struggling to break dollar, in, yeah, yeah, to get that first million dollar listing. So yeah, she cool. was struggling. That so those, yeah, we have so many of those. It's awesome. I love those stories. They're our favorite. Every time we get a testimonial on our Facebook page, our whole team sees it and freaks out. We just love yes, it. it. Never Thank gets you. old. Yeah. Um, okay, so this next one's kind of fun. It's from Matt, who's on our marketing team. So he's actually going to quiz you guys. I don't know if that surprises you at all, but 
Oh. Yeah. Okay. You ready? Yes. Don't you? What's the yes. what's the category? Do we know the category or is it it's just, just a question? Okay. What two words combine to make the word podcast? I, iPod and oh I, uh, on demand port uh, something on demand. That's broadcast. about four words, but oh, iPod and broadcast. It's a broadcast on your iPod. Luke, do you concur or do you have a different answer? I'm confused, but I concur. You're correct. Thank you. It's iPod and broadcast. That's why I've made it in life. I stick and concur with Josh. Boom. I've heard, though, that Mm -hmm. pod stands for... iPod and broadcast. That's awesome. I can't remember if it's portable on demand or what... Portable on demand makes sense. I did not But I think someone made that up after podcast I thought it was like piece of... So podcast started in like 2004. Correct. Right? So Dave Weiner... I don't know if it's Weiner or Weiner. (laughs) I pronounce his name. But he invented the RSS feed, which stands for really simple syndication. Right, so then he invented a way to put an audio file inside of an RSS feed, and you had and like all it. of these things called podcatchers. And then Adam Curry was an MTV VJ, right, huh. in like the '80s. He really popularized everything, and I think coined the term. Huh. Uh, he did not. He coin did the not. Term? No, actually, a British. Weiner? Nope, oh, okay. a British author and journalist, Ben Hammersley. Ben Hammersley. Used Does he own the trademark? He no. He just used the word in an article in 2004 when talking about all of these. Um, he, I think, one of them was maybe an audio blog was another option instead of podcast. Hmm. And then Libsyn came out as the first podcast support platform, and then Apple did not release anything until a year later. Oh, really? 2005. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. No, I remember. I got in the podcast in 2004. Um, because I was into tech back then and and I was working on the magazine, like we would do customer support in the morning, right? Then we would work on like actual walkthroughs, like we would walk people through sure. their account. Then I would work on like people's photos and ads or something in the evenings. And then in the mor- in the early mornings from like midnight to 3 a.m. or 4 a.m. or whatever, I'd work on the editorial. So I'm in the office That's all by myself. So awesome. And I found podcasts and dude, they got me through. Yeah. They got me through. Because <laughs> back then, ESPN wasn't doing a podcast. Joe Rogan wasn't doing a podcast. It was like a guy and his girlfriend in their bedroom recording their day. In the okay, in that a, podcast started out to sound really weird, <laughs> but that's get it. They yep. were like, you know, the, <laughs> Adam Curry man. did the daily a guy and a girl <laughs> in their bedroom recording their day. They didn't have video <laughs> podcasts back then. No, it's like Dawn and Drew was like one of the first podcasts. Dawn and Drew, I don't there know. Were these, man. There were these people that lived on a farm in Wisconsin, mm-hmm. so like they just talked about like farm life. Farm life. <laughs> <laughs> that's amazing. <laughs> All right, yeah, TMI. I mean, Never mind. Things that I regret saying tune on. In for Josh. Yeah, Josh, okay. have you ever said anything on film that you regret? <laughs> Thanks, Matt. Yeah, you yeah. thank him personally. He's right upstairs. Oh, man. Rolling more into podcasts. This is from um, Nick, who has been your favorite podcast guest so far on Stay Paid. Wow. I can't choose a favorite. There's wow. been so many good ones. I loved Andy Dane Carter, loved Ricky Carruth. Obviously, I'm biased, but loved interviewing Steven. My I don't know. The one that we just recorded. Dude, that, that one was freaking. That guy's out, a beast. I think after this. Yeah, it will come out after that. That guy's a beast. Ryan Finch, he was incredible, yeah. man. I don't know. That's too hard to pick. That's mean. Actually, I said, really I said is, before, as Tiffany. As I keep thinking of Tiffany Beltran. She was our first awesome. one in studio. She, yeah, she was great. I mean, she's all, a rock star. Veronica Figueroa is a yo, rock Veronica star. Yo, Veronica was like, I didn't talk like the whole time. I was in awe. She was like, incredible. Her story was incredible. There's been so many good ones. Yeah, it's hard to yeah. pick. Joe Festini in his rolling in his mobile, basically his mobile office. Yeah. He was awesome. He was incredible. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's awesome. 
tell us who you guys want us yeah. to interview because we'll try to get them on. It's awesome. Yeah. yeah. Send them to podcast at reminder media, um, or DM us on Instagram. Yep. Stay paid podcast. Okay, so this next one is from Tracy. She says, I've heard you guys talk about going to conferences before. What conferences do you suggest for a real estate agent? Ooh, that's a great one. Hmm. So it depends what you're after, right? Is what I would say. So if you're after understanding what's happening in the industry and the latest, greatest technologies, I would encourage you to go to Inman. Because uh, I think that's a good conference to understand, hey, what's happening in the industry? What it's are, definitely going to be a lot more forward-looking. It's, it's more news-type yep. oriented. And when I say by news, I mean like you're trying to figure out, hey, what's happening in the iBuyer market? What's happening? Like they're going to talk about yeah, those controversial and presidents of company up there saying, thing. here's where I see this industry Yeah, here's going. where we're going, right? right? So that's a good one. I think you can learn about new technologies there. I think that's really good. Um, I think NAR is freaking awesome. NAR was great. I, I mean, I, I don't know because I'm not in real estate, so I'm not sure. When we go to conferences, obviously we, we go for some of the sessions. So like we were just in Florida for the you know uh, Realtor Nation, Florida yep. Association of Realtors. And I went to some of the sessions and they were great sessions. I would say whatever is in your area that you can I would say that you're going to take action on. Yeah, that like, you'll actually implement some of the ideas. I wouldn't worry as much about what conference I'm going to as I would which am I going to actually do something Look with at the, the sessions. What I are learned. the sessions they're offering? Right. And, and judge it by the sessions they're offering. But I think the conferences are powerful also for a recharge. Mm -hmm. And people underestimate how empowering it is when you get in a room full of like-minded yes. people that are peers that are going through similar struggles. That's to what another you're going through. great point. Yeah, if you're a new agent, find a conference that that yep. a lot of the new agents are attending because you're you're going to have trouble relating. You're going to obviously look up yep. to the veteran agents and where they've taken their career, but there's also a lot to be said. You should go to your company's conference. I don't yes. understand yeah, if yeah. you don't. Like, it's a great networking thing. It's a it's a great time to relax. In a way, like recharge, party, like you should go to, so if you're with Keller Williams, go to the Keller Williams. What was the one reunion. Uh, your brother was talking about? Do you remember which uh, He just went to? Yeah. It was, was a local, I say local, but it was a small, like local region of Keller Williams getting together. It was like 200 agents, something gotcha. like that. And they were doing a class. I forget what the class was on. Right. They were doing a class. Like a but he walked away. It really wasn't about the workshop data that he right. loved. It was about being in the room with yeah. producers at similar levels of life that he is at struggling. Realizing I'm not things. alone. <laughs> yeah, I'm not alone. It's he's he's a million dollar, these huge top producing agents yeah. sitting around saying like, with I the same suck. pain point. Yeah, I <laughs> suck. Yeah, that, that's powerful. Yeah. Yeah. Triple play was also a great one if you're on the East Coast. Yep. I felt like triple play was a great one. So go check out Triple Play, but go with what Josh said. If you're not willing to take action on something, if you're not willing to put notes on paper and then go home and do it, don't go at all. Yep. It's a waste of money. All right, I only have a couple more for you guys. So this one is from Leslie, and we can honestly all relate to this. So she wants to be successful, but she also wants personal time as well. So what are your tips for a good work-life balance? Ooh, hoo, hoo. Set boundaries, baby, especially with your clients. The biggest mistake I see is real estate agents don't set boundaries with their clients. And what do I mean by boundaries? When are you available to yeah. have conversations and to respond to their needs? And if you don't put on a good, or if you don't set a good expectation in the beginning, then you're going to lose that client potentially because they're insane. Them calling you at five in the morning is insane. Them calling you at 10 o'clock at night is insane. Doesn't mean that that you can't help them at ten o'clock at night, especially if it's an emergency. But that should be, you know, a 
you know, something that's way outside of what normally happens. Most real estate agents feel like, oh my gosh, I'm desperate. I finally got a deal. I have to be all in and I have to treat this person 24 hours, you know, 24 seven. That actually is a wrong mentality because that gives, I think it gives the mentality to that potential client that I think it's more professional and people respect you more when you set boundaries and set expectations and they trust you more. I think they trust you more because you're confident and, yeah. and you have a, this is what I do mm-hmm. and I do it very well and I'm going to do it for you. And if you need me, here's what it is. And you don't have to be rude about it, but it sets the expectations and they want to follow along. So I'd set boundaries. Yeah. <sighs> I, I, I can't, I don't know how to answer this question because it's like, to me, there's never been a difference between like, so like work is life. This, this is my livelihood. And then, and life is work. So it's more about like the energy that I'm You're putting. You're like Jeff Bezos. In, it's like the circle. Yeah. It's yeah. like the energy that I'm putting into either one of those at any given time, as long as I'm present in that particular moment, obviously you want to be available and schedule time. You don't, you can't be working 16 hours a day every day, but when you're doing your life outside of work, be present there. If you're at work, focus there. I mean, that's the really idea kind of being the only present way I know is, how to look is at it. really, really good. I would agree with you. I'd encourage people to like include your two worlds together. Right. Your family should yeah. know about your work. Yes. Your work should know about your Dude, family. We, I know it sounds crazy. We had a, such a, no, it's, it's my daughter's 10 years old. And, and when we first started getting like really big into Facebook ads and whatever, and we were tracking leads every day, she would literally, you know, ask me like, I would just involve her and I'd show yeah. her Facebook. Yeah. I'd show her what I was doing. She would ask me on a Saturday, daddy, how many Facebook leads? How many leads did we get today? And we'd look at it. We yeah, had, that's we awesome. Had a blast. We did um, that's the, awesome. the Black Friday when we did our Black Friday deal last year. It was like all weekend long. You know, obviously we're, we're, I'm, frying a turkey or making yeah. Thanksgiving dinner or hanging out with family. You know, my, my family's asking But they me, get excited. How my many, mom how was so excited so far? for Black Friday last year. Just yeah, me and my mom yeah. and we were checking emails. That would be the worst thing would be to not include, you gotta include your them. family in That's that. what they Absolutely. want. That's what yeah. people in your family like they want. They want to share in the success. Yep. They want to share in it. Yep. The pains and mm-hmm. the successes. Yep. I agree. All right. And to wrap this up, last one, but certainly not least, looking ahead, what are your goals for Stay Paid? Mm, the world domination podcast on iTunes. <laughs> world domination. Galactic takeover. Yeah. Um, uh, my, I think our my goal, obviously, other than like becoming like popular and big, is to just get people information that can help them. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. I know it sounds. Lame, I want but to it's... be able to interview better to True. get more mm-hmm. tangible action items from the people who've had success. It's really hard. It's like opening a book. It's like opening a mind. It's you ask people questions. I want to get better at question asking. I've actually been reading about this, like how you can phrase questions and ask questions that help people, I guess, answer for lack of a better word, like help them pull out of the the, the truth. Right. And, and people like when I saw what inspired me is when we went to the um, LPL conference, Katie Couric, she spoke and it was just wild. She was being interviewed, but it was wild to see how good she was. It's like as the person being interviewed, she was still interviewing. Like right, it was right. why, like her control, her ability to respond. It was just, it, it shows you that interviewing is a skill set. It's, it's an art and a science that you can learn. Mm-hmm. I'd like to get a lot better at that. Love it. Negotiation tactic. Or- yeah, negotiation tactics, basically, like the FBI negotiator. Yeah. <laughs> like, there's a book on that. That guy's speaking now. Yeah, yeah. I want to. Maybe do don't that. tell the guests that before yeah. they come on. <laughs> so I was reading a FBI uh, interrogation. Yeah, book. interrogation. Welcome to stay yeah. paid. <laughs> <laughs> That's all I got, you guys. Awesome. 
That was cool. That was 99 really episodes deep. I didn't think we'd ever make it. And don't wait for the hey, next look, Q&A Mama episode to ask us questions. Oh, sorry. No, yeah, we are seeing gathering questions episode. now. So if there's a burning yes. question that you have for Luke, me, mm -hmm. Stay Paid in general, Reminder Media, let us know. We'll answer yep. before, during, The question's after. about the detail of like the software that people mm -hmm. use. The If we didn't get to it on the podcast and you're really curious, we'll try to give you our best answers on it. Yeah, absolutely. Yep. DM us, message us, email, whatever. Yep. We're always on. There's a whole team behind this. Thank you so much, Andrea. <laughs> Josh no doesn't problem. know how to close this episode. Do you want me to close it out? He's I mean. just like, man, what do I do? Hey, I know this. Me. Check us out on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, in the new studio. Give us a five-star review. Share it with your mom. As we spoke about, all of those platforms are simply RSS feeds <laughs> that hold an audio file that gets delivered to your device or your computer when an episode gets released. Yeah. Look, if you're, if you're not subscribed... Head on over to iTunes, yeah. search Stay Paid in the podcast directory, click the purple subscribe button. We should have a video on our website. And you took the words right out of my mouth. If we have a video <laughs> on ReminderMedia.com slash blog that actually shows you how to subscribe to a podcast mm -hmm. if you are unsure. Thank you so much for listening today. If you liked what you heard here on Stay Paid, go on over to iTunes. iTunes is really the best. So even if you listen on like Spotify, just go over to iTunes because Spotify doesn't have a rating system. Rate is five star. Leave a comment. It's going to push us up the chart. It's going to make the next Q&A episode even that much more full of content. You can also find our podcast in video form at staypaidpodcast.com. Check it out. Check out the last episode in this studio. Make sure to tell someone else about the podcast today. If you'd like to get hold of me or Luke, you can email us at podcast at remindermedia.com or find us on Instagram at staypaidpodcast. For this episode of Stay Paid, I'm Joshua Stike. And I'm Luke Acree. And I love how we got more intense there at the end. <laughs> love it here's what i'm gonna close with with the action item i i think you know action items uh you know pretty simple it's the 99th episode episode it's the 99th episode josh and i josh is intense i can't talk anymore we don't know what's happened to us i think you know what i want you guys to do is i want you to take action on one of the tips that you've heard as you've subscribed and you've listened to Stay Paid, if this is your first episode, you can grab something from what we just said, but I want you to take action on it. I want you to literally apply one of the things you've heard. So if it's, the, how do I get absentee owners? Well, go to Pioneer Data Solutions and buy an absentee owner list. It's that simple. Literally, like it's as how we to track do ROI this, on door knocking. Yes, go to our KPI. Tracking. Yeah, <laughs> go to our get our KPI tracker. Yeah, like meaning download it off the site, start taking action on it. It's that simple. I, I don't know. It's wild to me how simple success is, but how difficult it is. It's not rocket science, but it's harder than rocket science because it takes discipline. It takes action. Remember the difference between a top producer and a mediocre producer is top producers take action. So take action on that today. 